Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, three games into the Western Conference Finals, dude. Sharks up 2-1 to one in the series, dude. How are you feeling right now in this very moment? I got to be honest with you, and I can't believe I'm saying this, because I'm usually the Debbie Downer of the two of us. I feel more confident now about the Sharks than I may ever have been in the playoffs. I, I can't even explain it. I mean, well, two straight shutouts helps. I'll be honest. <laughs> a couple shutouts in a row. That, 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 could, that could help things along. <laughs> but in my opinion, the Blues have just... Like, the Sharks have totally dominated this series so far. The Sharks were pretty unlucky in Game 1, I think. A lot of people would say that. And uh, the Blues, I know, weren't happy with their performance in, in Game 1, and they thought they may have stolen one. And then the Sharks dominated games two and three. Yeah, there's there's no disputing that. I uh, To prepare for the podcast tonight, I have prepared nothing, dude, because I, <laughs> I don't feel like I need to look at any stats. I think the listeners have all seen what we've seen, which is that the Sharks are, in the first three games of the series, are clearly the better team. They're faster. They have better skill players. And their defense is deeper. And... If they can continue to, to to play like this, we may be seeing the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in San Jose Sharks franchise history. And it's hard at this point, of course, we're not even halfway through the series. We're getting close. To, to not, in some way, be looking ahead a little bit and go, this, could this actually happen? Is this the year? Well, well, we'll talk about the Eastern Conference a little bit later on in the show, but dude, let, let's talk about let's talk about this series so far. What is it specifically? I mean, are there a couple of things that you can point out? How did St. Louis beat Chicago? How did St. Louis beat Dallas? Both fast teams, and then St. Louis looks like they're skating in mud the first three games of their series. I completely agree with you. The Sharks look faster. It looks like they're winning every fifty-fifty battle, every six-foot race. And they're just they're getting to the puck before the Blues almost all the time. How do they beat those teams and they look this way against the Sharks? Uh, Black Magic. <laughs> okay. I think. I'll buy um, that. What, I don't care. What's that movie uh, from the 90s or the 80s with, with Bill, Bill Pullman and like the voodoo in New Orleans? Remember that movie? The Serpent and the Rainbow? Is that the one with Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, dude. Bill Pullman was in a got? movie with Ellen DeGeneres where she was like the love interest. No, th- this is a horror film, dude. Oh. This is a horror film. You're describing some sort of my mistake. Uh, failed rom-com. My mistake. Anyways, dude, I was trying to make a joke that maybe they've sold their souls to the devil to get out of the first round. Uh, how did they beat the Blackhawks? I have no idea. Like, I, I really don't. I-, I can't explain it. How did they beat Dallas? Well, Dallas didn't have their best player and their goaltending stinks. So... Um, the fact that the Stars, with that goaltending and without Tyler Sagan, took this team to seven games, the team that we've seen in the first three games, I think my comment to you was, 
it is clear that the Blues are the weakest team the Sharks have played so far in the playoffs, and it's ironic that it's at the Western Conference final level. Now, could that change in a heartbeat? Absolutely. Are the Blues a talented team? Certainly. But based on the first three games, the Sharks are most certainly the better team. They are faster. They can carry the puck into the zone without any issues. The power play seems to be able to set up and function without any problems. Um, They seem to be able to disrupt the Blues' defense. So many times you see the Sharks' forecheck just rattle the Blues into making a poor play. And apparently the Blues are in full meltdown mode as they have announced Jake Allen will be playing in Game 4, and they've pulled Brian Elliott, who... Dude, isn't he nominated for the Vezina? He might be the best goalie left in the playoffs, and they're going to pull him. <laughs> I mean... That's panic mode. That's full panic mode. It is. It's full-blown panic mode. And, you know, Hitchcock may be trying to get the attention of his team into saying, listen, you know, your effort has been poor, and, you know, I'm taking it out on Brian Elliott, and maybe they trust Elliott too much. And with Allen, we'll see them respond and play harder, you know, if you want to call it that, because they won't feel that security blanket. I don't know. It reeks of desperation at this point. I think so, too. I, don't, I'm, I think maybe one of the three goals, I, Hurdle's second goal, maybe they might want back, but it's, it's kind of hard to say that. And, and, you know, one of the empty, one of the goals is an empty net in game two. Uh, I don't. I don't recall any of those goals being particularly weak that the Sharks scored in Game Two. If anything, Brian Elliott has kept these games closer than they probably should have been. The Sharks could have. Yeah, the Sharks been a- have had. Yeah. the The first goal last night was. I mean, it, it was a beautiful pass, and he's all alone on the opposite side. I don't know what he could have done. Like that was a great goal. Um, the Sharks have had. Multiple odd man rushes. I mean, I think it's a failure of the Blues skaters, not a failure of the Blues goalie. I don't look at this series and go, gosh, Elliot is the reason that they have lost two of these games. I mean, he's a huge reason why they won that first game. Oh, yeah. You know? So I think Ken Hitchcock might be doing us a big favor by, you know, putting in the weaker player, uh, the less tested player. And, you know, if his team doesn't respond, you know, he, he could be giving away game four. And they made three lineup changes for game three, none of which worked out. They put in Magnus Payarvi, uh, Bortuzzo. Did not notice him one time. Yeah, I yeah. didn't notice him one time. He played like six minutes. They put in Bortuzzo, didn't notice him either. They put in another guy, didn't notice him. You know, it's like, you know, it. Th- th- Honestly, switching out three players in this in the Western Conference Finals, it's not unprecedented, but it is very uncommon. You know, it, maybe there's one guy, two guys if there's an injury that you may swap in and out, but they've made three different healthy scratches. This team does not have an answer for the Sharks right now. And you're right. I I completely agree with you that this could change. The Blues played very well, maybe the first half of the first period in game 3. And you sort of got a taste of the kind of game that they have to play in order to try and win. But the problem is, is that they're sort of hanging by a thread. Once the Sharks sort of broke that thread a little bit in middle through the first period, they sort of rolled after that. They have to do a full court press. They can't stay with the Sharks through the neutral zone. And they don't have an answer for Joe Thornton. It's, it's almost, they don't have an answer right now. 
but that doesn't mean that the Sharks play couldn't sag. We saw it sag in other games. I mean, you know, certainly last week I was very down on the Sharks for their play in, in game uh, six against Nashville where they lost. And I thought, you know, I, that was one of their worst games of the year. It's certainly possible that the Sharks could just take another dump and just stop playing hard and, and the Blues could win. I mean, they didn't make it this far because they don't know how to play hockey. It's just... I mean, but you can't help but think if the Sharks continue to, if they can keep this magic going, if they can keep this energy that they've got, they're going to roll in game four, right? That's, I mean, how can I not expect that? Yeah, it, I think we've, we've been, we've been scorned a few times, so many times that it, when you feel overconfident, you're sort of waiting for the rug to be pulled out. But I, I don't know if there's anyone on the other end of that rug, dude. I think the Sharks are dominating the Blues. I don't think they have an answer. I think the Blues can win a game against the Sharks if it's 2-1. to one. If the score gets to be Sharks get two, three goals, the Blues can't keep up. Like They don't have the firepower to keep up. Tarasenko has done nothing, done nothing. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what the Sharks did to Philip Forsberg, the best offensive player on Nashville, he did nothing, and their supporting cast really stepped up and kept them in that series. The Sharks have found a way to completely shut down the opposition's most dangerous player in the last two rounds, and I hope they can keep it up, dude. It's been an all-around outstanding effort in games two and three from the entire team. We talked last night about how we're seeing glimpses of how we were maybe talking about Chris Tierney was annoying us a little bit in, or some listeners were annoyed by Chris Tierney in round one. You can't be annoyed by Chris Tierney anymore. I mean, he is showing some glimpses of being a very special player, not just in the future, but now. Right. At one point earlier in the season, Chris Tierney might've been the first guy on the block if they needed to make a lineup change. And now I'd say he's four or five deep. He's now centering the third line with uh, Spalling and Zubris and Carlson on the fourth line. Is that what they're playing now? Right. And, and they got Tierney with with Ward and, and Wingles. And Wingles. Oh, that or maybe, line was very good. Yeah. Tierney is they playing They were very excellent. good. And, and St. Louis last night, they had no answer for the Pavelski, Thornton, Fertile line, no answer at all. You can pull on Jumbo Joe's beard all you want. You can try and break his thumb, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he and Hurdle and Pavelski, they just dominated and Hurdle scored twice. Couture with an amazing pass last night, dude. The Sharks are clicking. They're in the zone. They are in the zone, and you just hope that they can continue to dominate. If they win tomorrow, dude, I mean, how how are you going to feel? Like you're just going to be just giddy. Would yeah. you just be giddy? Would you Absolutely. be giddy? Absolutely. I, I never would have expected this. And and I would think that the series is over. And and I've never counted any, you know, no, following this team for so long, you never count any opposing team out. But if the Sharks manage to win, especially in a similarly dominating fashion tomorrow night, you have to think that the Blues, the Blues look decimated. They look so frustrated right now. It's pretty rare. You can see a team and they say those things and they say in the press, they're like, oh, we got them. And, you know, we're playing good and things are going to turn our way. You don't really hear that from the Blues. The Blues are like, we don't have an answer. We don't really know what to do. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure who's going to start and goal in game four. It's right. Like, you, 
they don't know what to do. You can see you could see it in Petrangelo's reaction last night when he got that second penalty. Like he was dejected. Dejected. Like like almost like I just I'm at a loss right now. I don't know what to do to stop them. This is a bad matchup for them. It's a bad matchup. And that happens. It happens. It's happened to the Sharks many times in the playoffs. Yep. When they lost to Edmonton the year that they lost to Edmonton. That was a bad matchup for the Sharks. It just the Sharks were a better team, I think, on paper than that Oilers team. But in the end, it was a bad matchup. And the Oilers exploited exactly what the Sharks' weaknesses were and beat them. They beat them. And we're seeing the reversal of that this time. The Sharks have the Blues exactly where they want them, and now I'm sure we've completely jinxed it and we'll lose the next two games. The, the thing is, the Sharks have managed to respond after losses this entire postseason. You know, they... They played pretty. They played poorly in Game Six, and then they came out and crushed them in Game Seven against Nashville. You know they they lost a game to L.A. and then they came back and won in deciding fashion. It's just they, they don't seem to have any rattle. This team doesn't have any rattle. They they they're pl- they're playing with so much confidence. Like I've I don't know if I've ever seen this team play with so much confidence. They're making these plays and they're just working out. You know, you see these guys, you see Brendan Dillon, Roman Polak, skate the puck through the neutral zone, into the offensive zone, try to create a scoring chance. It's like, when do you see that? You know, these guys know and believe that not only can they make that play through the neutral zone, but if by chance something bad should happen, all the other guys on the ice are going to be in the right right position and they're going to cover. And that's exactly what's going on. And the Blues just don't know what to do. I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be to be a Blues fan at this at this moment because you know they have the choker label attached to them just as much as the sharks do and and it sort of seemed like oh all the heavy hitters in the western conference are out the blues you know got some revenge against chicago and now they're running into a freaking buzzsaw yeah it happens it's happened it's usually the sharks that run into that buzzsaw and this year maybe they're the buzzsaw dude yeah you know we've talked about the phrase window of opportunity so many times on this podcast where I think we've thought it was the Sharks window of opportunity. I mean, it is a, it is a giant window right now. It is a French door. It is completely blown open, dude. Um, This is a skylight of opportunity to get to the Stanley cup final. And then when you get there and you deal with whoever you have to deal with, and either of those teams would be difficult. You're there, and you can control your own destiny, dude. And uh, I, I'm so hopeful at this point. Like I just, I think before we've 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 wished that it would happen, and we were trying to make ourselves believe it could happen. And and this is the first time where I really think it's, it's going to happen. Like I, I think that they can do it if they can continue to play as they're playing. They can do it. Let's let's have a little let's have a little taste of reality here, dude. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. It's the Lightning versus the Penguins. Both teams are playing well. The Penguins are looking very very good right now. And if they, I I don't know. Did they play tonight? I don't have. They any. did, and they lost. Oh, so that's good for the, us. That's yeah, good for the Sharks. I mean, yeah that that series, um, is bizarre. Frankly, I, I I'm not really sure how. Tampa Bay continues to win. Like they're getting, you know, they got goals from Callahan tonight. They get another goal from Drouin tonight. 
Tyler Johnson, who, you know, they were up 4 nothing Tampa, and they come back and they score three goals in the third period, and they almost tie it up. But, you know, Tyler Johnson, who it looked like he might not play after coming out in warm-ups, plays and scores. You know, Tampa Bay, just they might also just have something going on over there. Like, you know, they're missing their number one goalie. They're missing their, their captain and their best player. They're missing their, you know, second best defenseman and Strawman. And they're still... They're winning that series. I can't imagine that they're going to be able to hang on and outlast Pittsburgh. But they're giving them a, a, a full-blown fight. We want that series to go seven. That would be the dream is the Sharks can get out of this in five. As much as I want to see them win at home, get out in five and hope that goes seven if they just continue to beat the crap out of each other. Right. right. You're right. I think you summed it up pretty well. You know, the Lightning are a team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and they're missing their best defenseman and their best. Or actually, did Strawman play? I can't. I'm gonna look at the. I'm gonna look at the scores. But um, you know, for at least for a, a significant part of the of the playoffs, they were they were missing their best. Arguably, the one of their. The, well, you can't you can't say Strawman's better than Hedman at this point, but certainly their second best defenseman and their best forward, and they're beating teams. And they're beating teams handily. They've played the fewest games of any team in the playoffs so far. And yet they're still holding on against a Penguins team with Crosby, Crosby and Malkin in the lineup. Chris Letang's having a Norris quality year. And they got this young phenom, Matt Murray, in goal, who is sort of not making any of the mistakes we've seen Marc-Andre Fleury make in the past. And the Penguins look like they're ready to win. And somehow the Lightning are coming up and winning games. So... When you look at this matchup and you say, should the Sharks push through? Should the Sharks beat the Blues as they are so far? Who would you rather face? Of course, your initial reaction is to say the Lightning. But how are they holding with the Penguins, with Crosby and Malkin and Latang all firing on all cylinders? I, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm scared of the Lightning for that reason. I, I think at some point when, when, when you're facing a team like that, um, you know, the luck has to run out at some point. And I don't think the Sharks have gotten to where they are so far on luck. I think they've gotten so here so far because they've been the better team. And Tampa Bay, you know, is, you know, they've had so many things go against them that's going to catch up with them at some point. And I think it'll catch up with them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But if it doesn't, I mean, what an incredible story that would be. They were able to run all the way to the end. You just don't see that happen very often, dude. I, I think that it's going to catch up with them. Eventually, Strollman did play tonight. By the way, I saw that. So, dude, predictions for the East. Predictions for Game Four. If the Sharks can play, even if they can't play at the exact level they played in Game Three, if they play at ninety percent of of or eighty five percent of Game Three levels, they're going to win that game. I have to think they're going to win. They're going to keep winning. They have a formula that's winning. The Blues are grasping at straws by putting in Jake Allen. I don't see how that's going to help that team at all, except it's certainly not going to help their goaltending. I think it might. He's, I think he's trying to wake up the rest of the team. That's, that's probably what that move is about and saying, listen, you know, we're in, we're in dire straits, but is that really the message you want to send to the rest of the blues team? We have no idea what to do. So we're going to put in a guy. We're going to swap out a guy who really hasn't been playing that bad. Swap out a guy who's in the Vezina conversation. Like that's the message you want to send to your team. We have no answer. I don't know if that's going to work, frankly. Sharks have been straight-up dominant at home, dude. I don't know why that would change at this point. I like the Sharks in Game 4. 
And, you know, we've talked about how I, I, I just I have a funny feeling that we're going to be there together next Wednesday night, game six, when the Sharks finally go to the Stanley Cup finals. I've, I've felt that way for the last week and a half. Um, I don't know. I, I just I have a funny feeling that that's when it's all going to go down and we're going to be there to see it in person. The dudes celebrating roaming the streets of downtown dude i would love that could so happen. much this, this could be the year or we could be recording in four days talking about how we're behind three two yeah i'm wondering what happened but right there's just no part of me there's just no part of me that's afraid of that i think we were afraid of that and against nashville we were certainly afraid of against the kings i don't feel that fear right now and maybe that is just straight up stupidity right on my part but i'm not i'm not afraid I'm, I don't fear the Blues, and I think the Sharks have got them exactly right where they want them, and I hope that they deliver the kill blow tomorrow. Knock yeah, them out. I, as much as it would be great to see the Sharks win the series and clinch a Stanley Cup final appearance in Game 6 at home, the only thing better than that would see watch the Sharks win Games 4 and win Game 5 on the road and clinch the series in five games and hope Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh just kick the crap out of each other. That would make me even happier. Agreed. Oh, dude. Okay, we got a mailbag question, which is not about the current uh, the current uh, goings on here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have an email from Landis. He says, "Thanks for contributing to a great Sharks season." His question, and this is sort of an off season type question, but we'll take it now because we need a little break from all this optimism. <laughs> Do you think Doug Wilson deserves Executive of the Year? And Landis illustrates some of these moves that he's made. Ten player additions all worked. Tierney and DeMello were called up. Acquisitions in Jones, Ward, Martin, and Donskoy. Midseason acquisitions in Zubris, Polak, Spalling, and Reimer. Did we lose any players who were successful elsewhere? You know, dis- uh, decent contract management. Contracts of Todd McClellan and Mike Brown are gone. No key UFAs. No internal dissent. Marlowe not traded. Timo Meyer looking promising, dude. Is Doug Wilson executive of the year? Well, he was not uh, nominated for the award. Uh, and I can't even remember who was, to be honest. I think Jim Nill from Dallas. It has to be Dallas. I was going to say Dallas. It has to be Dallas. You know. But I, I don't know. I think you could make an argument and say, you know what? Did, did Jim Nill's acquisition of Auntie Niemi... Was that is that really executive of the year worthy or is that a dumb <laughs> contract? You know, because yeah. right now that looks like a dumb contract. Uh, the Patrick Sharp trade worked out pretty well for them. Uh, the, you know, that trade was good. But I think overall, and the Sharks, Doug Wilson, he's pushed all the right buttons this year. He has risen from the dead and redeemed himself. And do I think he should have been one of the three nominees? Absolutely. Maybe alone in just hiring the right coach. I mean, Pete DeBoer has been a revelation yep. in San Jose. He's changed the way this team plays on the ice and apparently the way they interact with each other off the ice. And uh, they deserve a ton of credit for that, dude. And and he seems to be sort of instilling this, both a feeling of confidence in the team. You know, he says, you know, frankly, when Hurdle scored two, he's like, yeah, they're our best line. They've been our best line all year. I, I expect them to score big, you know? There, there's none of this sort of, like, shuffling, 
you know, the cards the way McClellan used to, which, you know, maybe can can sometimes be a, an effective strategy. But DeBoer seems to have this sort of calm and this confidence in the team that I think is kind of contagious. I mean, the team is playing super confident. There's certainly an element of fun. I mean, did you see the Joe Thornton dance party clip? Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the playoffs, he's like, he's doing like, he's like doing dance moves and squirting water on St. Louis Blues fans in St. Louis during a playoff game. Like, he's having a great time. And at least for Joe Thornton, that seems to be what he needs in order to play well because he's playing some of the best hockey of his entire career right now. Have you ever seen anyone enjoy playing hockey more than Tomas Hurdle? That guy yeah. is, I mean, uh, he is filled with so much happiness when he scores. And the entire bench is, they just, you can tell they just love him, you yeah. know? When he scored those goals, it was it was pretty pretty great. It's it's like dream, especially that that second goal. I, I still can't understand like how Joe Thornton made that pass. Like that's right. just unbelievable, right? And it's just I mean, if you're if you're Tomas Hurdle, you must be thinking you're getting mana from heaven at this point. Like, just, <laughs> like pucks just appear on your stick and you're in front of the net and you score. It's just like it's amazing. It's like magic. How about the uh, David Backus Joe Thornton beer tech? Yeah, I I enjoyed that. That was really funny. I I would love to know how that got started. They're just like, I'm gonna tug on your beard. No, I'm tugging on your beard. <laughs> Did you hear what Bacchus said after? What did he say? You wanted to know if it was real or something? Yeah, he said, I just want to see if it was real. <laughs> I read somewhere. That's funny. I read somewhere that that uh, that you know, there's sort of like a beard off, obviously, between Brent Burns and Joe Thornton, and and Joe Thor- and uh, Brent Burns calls Joe Thornton the. Uh, 1970 Dotson fastback because he has that gray racing stripe down the center of it. What a great story that is. I mean, yeah, these guys are like, these guys are giving each other like beard nicknames during the playoffs. It's like, it is really, it is really something to watch this team so far. Something that Jamie Baker was talking about as we sort of wrap up our love fest here, dude, Uh, maybe the most optimistic podcast we've ever done in six years. Could be. Uh, (laughs) um, Eight years, dude. 2008 we started eight years dude that's incredible um jamie baker was on kmbr before game three talking about how the sharks power play is by far the most dangerous power play in the nhl these guys have been playing together now for years and that they have the same relationship that people compare the sedines as having they just are able to make plays that nobody else can because they just know what the other guys are doing and it's special, and that is elite level talent out there at the same time. And it is—it's a privilege to watch when they're operating at a high level. I mean, it's pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, certainly two goals I look at is that one no-look backhand pass that Jumbo made to Pavs in the in the Predator series. I mean, certainly a lot of people look at that. But another goal I think of actually when I think of like great power play was that weird miscue with Alex Steen breaking his his stick and he went to the bench and it was it was sort of like a five on three at that point. And there was a pass to to Joe Pavelski. And Joe Pavelski is in the high slot with the puck on his stick in a shooting position. And here's a guy, he's a 40 goal scorer every year. Does he take the shot? No. He slides it over to Brent Burns who buries it. Elliot has no chance. And like that just shows like like you said, that sort of elite vision. It's not like Pavelski like looked over at Burns and like telegraphed the pass. He knew exactly where Burns was. He slid it over and Burns buried the shot. I mean, that kind of confidence and trust in your teammates, you don't see that 
too often. I mean, if you're a 40 goal scorer and you're in the playoffs and you're on the power play and you got the puck on your stick, how do you not shoot it? And Pavelski had the presence of mind not to shoot it. It's good times right now, dude. Let's hope the Sharks can keep the good times rolling tomorrow. Game four, dude. And then game five, dude. Do this. Dude, is, is Steve Ock going to be back in the lineup in game four? No. Hell no. <laughs> Why not? I mean, they're not playing Magnus Bay Army. They might as well no, play a guy who's actually going to no. like he's trash talk somebody. Back. Dude, he's such a liability. They are not going to put an instant power play on the ice. That's like, true. He, he is a liability. They cannot afford to have Steve Ott. They tried that. did not work. Yeah, it's like you're going to trash talk Joel Ward, who's like been yeah. here a couple of times. It's like, yeah, Joel <laughs> yeah, Ward's right. going to take a dumb penalty. Are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. He's a lot yeah, smarter than that. Him. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's it, it's it's really been fun. But of course now the Sharks are gonna lose six nothing in the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're joking about it, but I think I would be completely shocked if that happened and I'd be very surprised if they lose tomorrow. I expect them to win, dude. I expect them to win, and then I think the game five is a is a fifty fifty where you 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 hope you can go in there and end it, and if you don't, then you feel really damn good about coming in to, to be at home for game six. Right. Do what they did in game two, which is shut the crowd out, or score That's early, right. shut the crowd out, and then just put the dagger in. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I hope everybody stays healthy. I'm sure people are suffering from some injuries here and there. hope Jumbo's thumb is okay. Certainly looked okay last game. but uh, Yep, sure did, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's just great. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride so far, and I would love to see him win a third game because that would be the furthest the Sharks have ever been in the playoffs. Twenty five years in existence, they've never won eleven games in the playoffs. They've won ten once before. They've won ten this year. Can they win an eleventh tomorrow night? Yes, they will, dude. I agree with you, dude. I can't believe this. I'm so confident. Go Sharks! Go Sharks! <laughs> 